0: All right. So welcome to our podcast today. Today, it's just Jasmine Wonders and RJ Rome here with you. We are recapping our greatest moments. What's going on, Jazz? Nothing much. Rainy day in New Jersey. It sure is. Bad deal. I agree. I need some sun and some 70 degree weather.
1: Right. I don't know about the 70 degrees. I like the cool with the rain that's no much. You,
0: you you know I'm a summer girl I know <laughs> all right so we've talked to how many authors now
1: 13
0: 13 authors and I thought it would be important to recap um and I know you and I think very differently in terms of <laughs> this writing journey so I, I think it would be important to get our opinions on said matters.
1: A Funny thing is, I think no one would know that. We actually think right. very differently.
0: We do. Um, we're like complete opposites, I think.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, All right, I, I so. think you just
1: come from a different perspective than I do. I'm kind I of on from the it, outside looking in and you're kind of in it right, right. now.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm in it trying to wade my way through to find success. I, I think that's why we we see things differently. Right. Do you agree?
1: I think so. Well since you were the very first episode, let's talk about what's changed since then. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what what well one thing that I did, you know, jot down here is you kind of talked about um deadlines do mm-hmm. you still feel the same way about deadlines? Because you kind of said you like them. You like
0: the pressure that it puts on you. But with the recent release, I know it was a little. So I don't think the recent release would have ever happened if I didn't self-impose a deadline on myself. I think that I can get very um, procrastinated. Mm. Is that a word? I don't
1: know. <laughs> let's, let's leave it.
0: I procrastinate. Right. Because I think it comes from a. And I'm not like that in real life. So I think as far as writing I think it comes from a point of uncertainty and nerves whether it's good enough to go out into the world. So when I was considering a release date for 12 naughty nights I I basically just said okay I'm going to do it this date and I I have to firm hold to that date because otherwise I still probably wouldn't have put it out. Hmm. And I would I worked on that story for so many years. I felt like I couldn't get it right for so long. So I felt like I I had to do it this year or I was missing. I would have to wait a whole nother year. It's a Christmas novella. Do you think
1: you put pressure on yourself then to be able to put it out now, even though you kind of had like other things going on? Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like if you don't put pressure on yourself – You will just let it fall to the wayside, Mm. you know, but do I think that it suffered quality wise because I, I was putting a pressure on myself? I don't, I hope not. I mean, only time will tell that. All right. I'm moving on to, all right. So, um, another common thing when talking to all these people that I realized is they want a backlog of like a catalog of books, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So like you were just saying, like rushing out releases, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't find myself personally able to put out quick books like that. I I don't see that ever being possible for me. A time, family, other commitments, but I just, I don't know that I believe in doing that. Mm -hmm. So your thoughts? I think you have to have something. I just don't know if it's a back catalog of books. Right. I you mean, know. God bless the people doing that. Right. I give sure. them all the credit in the world. That's amazing. I, like, I just don't know that to come up with like plots and char- like intense <laughs> characters and all that. I just don't. For me, I, I find that difficult. Right. And like for
1: me, I write a lot of things that either have some sort of message or... It's like personal experience and I'm writing poetry to it. And so if that's the case, then I kind of like if I'm not feeling something in the moment, I just don't write. So then I'd be in trouble a lot of times Then trying to put out stories all the time if I if I were to do that. Right. And then like you would feel like
0: you just have to put something out just to put something out. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I think my quality would suffer then if I if I were to do that.
0: Right. I agree.
1: I, I do think, though, that it's possible to have or put out other things. I mean, if you're active on social media or you're doing other things, I think like like us doing this podcast. I mean, I think this is another way to kind of have some sort of way for people to find out about you without actually having read a story yet, if that makes sense.
0: Right. So now my fear is, OK, somebody reads my first book. Great. I have a second book out and I have an anthology book out. What happens when they're done? If they want to go through those three books, what happens? Do they forget about me? Cause it's been suggested that that's what happens. People forget about you. So that's like a big fear now. I'm like, okay, well, do I just write a bunch of novellas and give them like short, sweet versions of what I want to write? And then do I become the novella queen like (laughs) like I I have ideas of grandeur in my head that don't include novellas I mean does that happen though like does somebody really forget about you I think if you write a memorable memorable book no one will forget about you I mean it didn't happen to Stephanie Meyer E.L. James like Sylvia Day, she doesn't put a book out every month or twice a month. But her stories are impactful. Who's
1: Who's the author that wrote uh, the Harry
0: Potter books? J.K. Rowling. Didn't she just put out a book? Yeah, but it was like, how many years in between? I mean, but... <laughs> Nobody forgets Harry Potter. This Nobody is what forgets I mean. Her.
1: Like, Except, if you have something...
0: <laughs> I mean, if you create
1: something that people... Or put yourself in a position where people remember you. Regardless, does it matter? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm always. Well, told I think about.
0: I think the the theory might be is that you're an indie author. There's so many indie authors out there. They mm-hmm. they'll they jump jump your ship to hop onto the next one, mm-hmm. and maybe they don't circle back. But I think there's always readers.
1: Is this just, you know, kind of writing industry, or is this like everything? Because I when I the way I view something is. I draw from other industries to kind of make that determination what would happen here and maybe that's not the right thing, I don't know. But if I look at music or if I look at, you know, acting, some, you mm-hmm. know, something in the art form like this. Right. You don't if if you had just put out one impactful song that impacted someone, how did that per- how does that person forget you? Right. I just I don't know if I see it that way.
0: Yeah. I agree. I mean like I mean Sylvia Day is like my probably my number 1. Right. And if she doesn't put out a book for a year, two years, when she does put it out, I'm buying it. Right. I mean and that, that's happened. So I I I kind of agree. I do think that it's harder for an indie author to capture those those readers that are loyal.
1: Right. I can understand it just takes some kind of some work ahead Mm -hmm. of time to, to grow that base. Do you, all right, let's jump into my, my other point. Do you think that you've had some experience with it now? I know maybe some of the authors we spoke to kind of touched on it, running ads. What's Mm -hmm. your experience with that?
0: Okay. So I'm going to say if you're just jumping into it with, out doing any research it's it's not going to work for you there is so much background you have to look at so much research you have to do so i've done two of the amazon ad challenges from brian cohen now i did it in july i just finished the october one i really believe in his process his process is automatically finding keywords on like listopia and goodreads, as well as manually harvesting keywords going into your, you have to know your genre. You have to know your niche. If you don't know where your book fits in, ads are never going to work for you. You have to be very specific. I mean, and you know, he goes into talking about finding book titles, using author names. You have to find specific to you. Like where do you fit in? So I think that's number one, number two, I think when people place ads, and I think I fell victim to this in July when I first started, cause I was like watching, watching the advertising dashboard, like every hour, like mm. praying for a miracle. <laughs> and even like in the Facebook group with the ad challenge, ad challenge, like people are looking for instant results. It doesn't work that way. You can't just place an ad, set it, forget it. It's not going to work. So I do devote time every day to checking it um, because, well, I have OCD and I, <laughs> I like to see something happening. But I, I think that it has to become part of your daily routine because you need to know what ads are working, what ads aren't working. I mean, we could spend like three hours on this topic, this topic alone.
1: Right.
0: Um, what I will say is, the best thing to do is create as many ads as you can, but you have to be smart about what keywords you're using and your budget. See, Amazon tells you your budget should be here. Mm -hmm. Your, your bid clicks amount should be here. And Brian, I I highly recommend taking his ad, ad challenge. The next one's going to come out in January. Cause he, he tells you, you want in the beginning, when you're figuring out which ads are working you need to have the lowest cost per click. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to go in with Amazon's suggested bid of 70 cents. You should be going in at 30 cents or less. I mean, if your suggested bid is 12 cents, he says, go one penny more. So 13 cents. I paid this morning for a click, six cents. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, and the other thing that you want to make sure you're getting with your ads is impressions. So he recommends a few thousand a week
1: how uh, how how are impressions
0: determined then it's in their algorithm wherever you show up your ad shows up how many people are seeing that ad okay so it's just how many people see it yes it's not like
1: interactions like whether you know it's not determining how long they're looking at it or
0: to my knowledge no okay it, it, if you click on your ad, it shows you where you fell in, like, where you at the top of the page. Did you come up in a search term? Like, it'll tell you those kind of impression, like, the back end of it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't tell you, like, oh, they looked at it for six seconds and, and passed it. Right. Okay. I, mean, the only, I guess the only data you have is did they click on it or not. Do you consider ads elsewhere aside from Amazon? So that's the problem. I I don't know much about BookBub okay. ads. I've heard recently they are valuable. Um I don't know that they work the same way that Amazon does because you know, Amazon's its own thing. They like to be different right. than everybody. <laughs> um in the past I did run Facebook ads. I don't think they were ever successful. I don't think that I targeted correctly. Mm. Um, That was when I was first starting out. So I don't know that, you know, I I don't think it did anything. But I think since Amazon's the prime market, I think that's where you need to start, in my opinion. I think, well, recently, let's say
1: over the last couple of days or, you know, a couple of days of this recording, um, one thing that I have noticed and I – was very surprised by it. I don't know how many people actually pay attention to, you know, stocks of these of these platforms. But yesterday, um Pinterest's like stock was up like 35%. And they've had such a great quarter and I wow, it, right. So I'm like are a ton of people using Pinterest? Is that some place to invest maybe even
0: as an author? So I know a lot of my fellow authors that I talk to regularly, they have really gotten into Pinterest. I noticed that it it really was working for me. Like over the summer, I was really into it and I was, you know, putting video clips up and it was amazing how fast it grew. Mm-hmm. But the minute I stopped, mm-hmm. it all went away. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, again, that it's something you have to devote time to. Right. And I, mean, I don't know that cl- they're not clicking over from your Pinterest into your Amazon page. Right. Well, Sorry. Pinterest does have an ad
1: product, also now.
0: They so do. They okay. do.
1: So you can actually mm. pay for ads the same way you pay for Amazon.
0: Another platform to learn. <laughs> How to place an ad. I think I need to master Amazon first.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it seems like you're doing pretty well with it, though.
0: Yes, I'm happy. Like I said, it's something you have to look at long term. It's not short term.
1: Sometimes I feel... And I think that's with any
0: ad, right? I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you have to know how to write ad copy. I didn't know how to do that.
1: Right. And this is... When you did Facebook, I think this was like part of the conversation that we had was like, I, you know, the way I approached it from maybe a marketer standpoint was you have to write... You have to do many different types of ads to see which one hits. And it's not right. just one ad and hope, you know, hope that it hits. You know what I mean? Right. You kind of pick up early, like, okay, this one didn't work. Let's try another one. And Right.
0: Yeah. So that's his philosophy, too. It's, you know, you're doing auto ads where Amazon auto targets for you. Okay. You're doing category ads. You're doing keyword ads. And you're doing a bunch of different of each you know cuz i think amazon likes to see you're serious you're mm-hmm. a serious advertiser they're not just going to keep showing your ad if you did one or two or three i think they want like a commitment you're going to advertise with them and right. that's how you show up the in their algorithm of right. dollars <laughs> <laughs> but i will say it's like people in the challenge were saying they were spending like $50
1: mm.
0: i have not and I've been doing this since July. I'm nowhere near $50. Wow.
1: I mean, so, it sounds
0: like you need to the help them then.
1: Because yeah. <laughs> even taking even taking somebody's challenge or course or, you know, what have you, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to make it work or
0: do a right. great ad.
1: Because there are exactly. many things that go into that. I mean, there's still the design element. There's still the written element of it, you know?
0: correct. And it's like you're if you have a good ad and then they click over to your book page, right. And your, your sales page, and it's not good. Hmm. Your blurb has to be there. you you know, you, you have to have certain things in your blurb. I mean, then it's not going to commit them to downloading it or buying it. Yeah. So, so then you're clicking on it and it's not converting to a sale. Right. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother part of that <laughs> class. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I, I want to talk about editing. Okay. Because I, I struggle with this because I think almost every person we've talked to said you need an editor, hmm. and I'm frustrated with that because I don't have an editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just me. So, I mean, I want to talk about if you don't, if you cannot afford an editor, what are some workarounds? Because I'll tell you what I use. All right. So, so I use you <laughs> and beta readers, right? Um, but obviously, you know, they're not telling you every single mistake that. That's in the book. Mm-hmm. I found um, Grammarly. Right. It's a uh, it's a paid subscription. Um, I think that that catches most things. Okay. You can set your your style of writing, what you're writing, um, so it it can be like what's um, what I'm looking for, like flexible, okay. in terms of what it catches. Obviously, it doesn't catch everything. Sometimes it catches things that you don't want it to catch. But I think from like a grammar, punctuation, spelling standpoint, I think it does what it it should be doing. Um, down the road, will I have an editor? I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I could. Um, I know. <laughs> you sound so excited it, It's about hard. It. Well, I'm just because it's like nerve wracking because you're working with somebody who's going to rip your work apart. Mm. You, you know, it's like you have to. I feel like you have to have a good connection with that person. Okay. Otherwise, for me, it comes across as like this person hated it, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess my thoughts on that would be I think if everybody could af- like afford an editor, I'm pretty sure everyone would have one. You know what I mean? Right. So for me, I, I guess I like to use people I know. I mean – I guess that's where networking in a sense comes into play, like who you know. Mm-hmm. Cuz obviously I have a friend who's a an English school teacher, so I might co- much quicker go in that route like here, read this right. and and I might have to pay her something. I'm I'm not I'm going to be honest. But
0: but being an English teacher, do you think she has what it takes to be a, a book editor. I mean, when you're grading is papers it just... and all that
1: stuff, I would hope that you were able to catch more than the average. I mean, me sitting down to edit my own thing. This is why I don't like to edit my own because I know I'm going to miss probably a bunch of things that I right. shouldn't.
0: So usually what I do is I don't read it for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I'll read and edit as I write and then I'll do one whole pass through. And then I kind of have to put it, down for a while and maybe like let some time go by. And I think I do catch it with a fresh eye um, when I pick it back up. But still, I mean, like even in published books, though, you find mistakes. I mean, I know I have. Right. I just think it's nothing. It's a it's a human error and nothing's ever going to be perfect. But if you're blatantly putting, you know, you're blatantly have mistakes in it. Right. Like comma splices. Yeah. Bad grammar. I, I think if if it's very obvious to the reader, mm-hmm. you need a, you need an editor for
1: sure. It's you know that's tough because some people might. I think I think everyone has their own strengths when it comes to writing. I mean, some people may have like everything in terms of grammar down, but then other people may just be good storytellers. You Correct. Know? Like I consider myself to be that. Like I can tell the
0: story. As right. to how I've written it, I'm always questionable with that, you know? Right. Like, I know some people do, like, developmental editors where they, like, help you flow into where the storyline goes. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely don't think I'd ever go in that direction because I don't – like, I like you, I feel like I tell the story fine. Mm-hmm. But I would say if you're thinking about sitting down and writing anything and just because you don't have an editor – doesn't mean you can't do this. Right, for sure. And that's why I like, I got frustrated with sometimes hearing that because I wouldn't want that to deter anyone from writing or trying to publish.
1: Right, that's true. So I know in one of the episodes, it was like a big theme in it was kind of overcoming fears. Obviously, right. it was a fear to jump into this. Yes. What, like what makes you kind of get over that and just take the leap?
0: I think when it's something that you don't mind doing Mm -hmm. and that you, you feel like you have to do it, it makes it easier to jump in. It's never, it's like, I could imagine it's no different than a music artist would feel. I mean, no matter how many times they perform, I think there's always those nerves still when you put out something new, it's like, will someone like this because mm-hmm. it's something that's so close to you and deep to your, your heart. And that's why, like, when, when you say, I don't know if I could publish, it's, <laughs> it's like, I want you to do it because I know how much you love it. Yeah. Even though you see yourself as other things. I sure um, do. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I've always let fear control me in my decisions in life. And with this I try – and maybe it's easier because I have a pen name. But it's like I try not to let that fear control me. Like it's like almost a separate personality for me. Right. I think
1: because of how important writing is to me, I don't – I kind of baby it in a way. Right. You know, I like hold it tight to me and not
0: – I don't want to let it go to anybody else. Right. So like you I, don't want to hear possibly negative or – yeah. Get people in your head. That too.
1: I mean, I don't want to ruin my own perception of it, and obviously that's my reality that sits in my head and it's not necessarily right. the greatest thing. But I mean, interestingly enough, I'm more than comfortable with writing a poem that's personal and filming myself and putting it on Instagram, which right. you know, I've I'd never done ever. I've never filmed myself period and did it this year. Just to try to get over that fear, you right. know, and even doing this podcast, like I was afraid I was afraid and nervous, just like you, you know, to meet other people and have these conversations and afraid I wouldn't know what to say or I would fumble over my words. And yet here we are, you know,
0: right. Baby steps. I, I saw I think something that's on actually I, I saw a quote yesterday. It says we forget that baby steps still move us forward. Mm. So that's how I try and think of it right I mean, that's a good way to look
1: at it. It is. Because sometimes baby steps don't feel enough for us. Right,
0: because we're impatient. We're human. We want immediate results. I
1: don't label (laughs) myself as impatient. I am very Well, I do.
0: I am very honest when it comes to that. I know I'm impatient. I know I'm asking for miracles. Right. And I want instant gratification. Of course. (laughs) I mean, like piggybacking on top of this do you think
1: being a perfectionist is like subconsciously just like a fear of something? Cause it seems like all of us are
0: kind of perfectionists in a way. Yeah. I think that's part of the creative process though. Like, I mean, how many things can you work on in life for eight hours a day and still love doing it? I mean, when I was just doing this latest release, I mean, family stuff aside, like when I sat down at night to, to work on this, I mean, I was literally working like four or five hours sometimes on this and like how many other things in my life do I do that with, Right. you know, besides family, like I said, family stuff aside. Right.
1: But, but it, you were like kind of freaking out about this last release. Yes, I
0: was. <laughs> yes. But again, it's like because it's like so near and dear to your heart. Mm. I mean, you have to, you have to. I mean I don't know that e- even 10 books in I'll, I'll still be freaking out because it's a passion thing. It's a it's a passion project.
1: Right. I think even after it's out you're still freaking out about it. Oh yeah, it.
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: Cuz you're always like, you know, going back Did I do maybe, that right? Right. Yep. Like kind right. of reliving it like, okay, let me let me see did this did, like did this word sound right? Did I, you know, right does this sentence make sense like Right. I think everything makes sense in the beginning, and then when you put it out, you're like, "Oh my god, is it ready?"
0: That's it. Yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, what did I do?" And you
1: pre-ordered <laughs> it. You you know, you put it up for pre-order, and then it's like a so countdown. I'm... Like, oh my god, uh, yeah, five days. I think away. you have to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Wattpad. Okay, because we had we had one person in particular that had extreme tremendous following on Wattpad and so much success. Right. And I'm still amazed by that. I do have a book on Wattpad and I have 34 reads. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like amazed by people who can blow that up. And I I've suggested to you to do it. I know you're, you're thinking about doing it. So I want to hear what your thoughts are on Wattpad. Um, you know, I think i before i even
1: considered the idea i kind of you know after we spoke to that author in particular i i went back and kind of did some research on it and i tried to figure out like you know what makes some people successful you know just just reading different things watching different videos trying to get a sense of like okay if you put something out on wattpad what happens you know and then i kind of gathered from people who have found success on there is that It's not just about posting it and then hoping like anything else. You know what I mean? It's kind of engaging with the community, you know, commenting on other people's stories, like, you know, a whole process behind it. I mean, I still think it's uh, a viable option, you know, for someone who's just starting. I definitely think so.
0: But, I mean, I don't know.
1: Have It all takes work. Yeah, everything takes work, you know.
0: It does. And it's like how much I mean, if you're just looking to put it out there and see what people's reactions are, I think that's a good avenue to go down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely gives you a chance. And I think they have
1: a ton of options. They have, you know, awards you can win and, you know, ways that you can get in front of movie executives and, you know, whatever else. So I, I think it does a better job than like, let's say an Amazon where you just put something out and there's like a million books there. And, yes. you know, you're trying to hope for something. But I think that was really the one thing that to me stood out the most was that you had opportunities for different kinds of people to see, you know, the stories than just the average reader.
0: Right. And do you think, like, it works that way because it's a younger, like, demographic on there? Yes, I think so. But I also think
1: it it's... Makes them more. um I felt. I guess I felt in reading a couple of the comments that maybe a little more analytical than what hmm. I see normally on like an Amazon comment or or review. So okay. I, you know, I think that's a, a sense made me a little bit more, you know, fearful. I guess because mm-hmm. if it's bad, I think they just legitimately, like you know, just legitimately are like, this this part sucks. of the story sucks. You know, I mean? <laughs> so. I mean, on Amazon, I think, you know, the older crowd will, they might say it's bad, but they'll say it in a way that's like
0: flowery.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I want to piggyback on that to, to talk about, about reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody gets bad reviews, even like published authors right. that have been writing for 30 years, get bad reviews. And we talk to a lot of people about how they deal with them. I mean, your thoughts, your, your always in my head when i'm reading reviews to say don't focus so much on that but it's hard not to because like we said we were talking yesterday it's that validation that what you're doing is is getting that reaction from people like you want you want to evoke emotion in people when you're writing yeah i obviously i can't speak
1: to this from a published standpoint uh, you know for obvious reasons however I kind of take my own personal life and experience through this. I mean, I played sports for many years. And so you're there's never a time where you're not going to get a bad comment or a bad thing that's said about you, especially if you know you're doing well or you know whatever the case may be. So even when I heard I mean, I've heard people yell things at me from, you know, 12 years old. So I think because I had to like in a sense, just eat it then, and for, for lack of a better words, Just kind of take it in and then rub it off. I, I think I view being an author the same way. Yeah, you're going to get bad comments. You might get a bunch of them. But if you get just as many good comments, I feel like it kind of negates the bad ones for me. And I'll still mm-hmm. read them because maybe there's right. something legitimate that I need to see or hear. Right. But other than that, I'm not really taking someone's opinion that mm. much into account,
0: right. I mean, there's always room for improvement, of course we know that um, yeah, I think when you're when it's personal to you like that it it can sting for sure it hurts yeah
1: i'm i've I think I've learned to just be where those things are concerned a little less um or or keep my mind a little bit more closed to right. it because right. then it just if i if i don't and i really let it in i don't know if i would ever do anything honestly
0: i know i know all right so don't read reviews <laughs> no you can
1: read reviews I, I don't i don't think you shouldn't read them i think you definitely should cuz if there's something legitimate there it might be helpful right but i don't think you should take them to heart yeah i don't think you should take them personally I mean, in some cases, it's just a sad person that, you know, maybe had like a bad situation going on that week and said something
0: crappy in a way they shouldn't have. They didn't read your book at the right
1: time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that or I mean, hey, listen, we know everybody's books have triggers and all those kind of things, too. I mean, maybe they read it thinking it wasn't going to trigger them. And they're like, oh, I'm over this. But then when they read yours, it was like it brought back something to them that was, you know, not a not a great memory you know, you kind of have to have a little bit of empathy for those, those cases. So I think like the running theme of every single interview (laughs) is community. Community is like the biggest thing we hear. Everybody talks about it, you know, having, you know, having those people to turn to for help or, you know, just talk to in general. And I think like for me, it like hit me the other day more so than ever before when I like posted a comment on somebody's, you know, you know, graphic, and then got, you know, responses back from people. And I'm, you know, obviously, we're not the hugest social media people. So like, I'm like, when I post something, like it's people I know that comment on them normally. Usually in that regard, it's not people that I don't have no clue about, or I've never met or never spoken to. And that was like a little different for me. What, mm-hmm. you know, like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: So I had a situation the other day. I might not even have told you this. Okay. And um, actually it was about a review and it, okay. it was like a major spoiler alert. It was someone who downloaded an arc for me. They basically re- like summarized the entire plot of the story and posted <laughs> it. So I'm not going to lie. I was upset. Okay. I was upset. And if you're a reviewer listening, I, if I could just, hear this we're asking for a review of your opinion when we ask for a review we are not asking you to summarize the plot for the whole rest of the world to see because now there is no point in reading it for a lot of people Mm. it was frustrating to me and I went to some people that I know and I asked their opinion and I got different opinions okay but it was I value those people's opinions so much. And I was so grateful that when I asked them a question, they took the time out of their day to answer my question because I really didn't know what to do. I left it alone because at the end of the day, I didn't want to influence anybody's opinion or the review. Hmm. But I was very frustrated. So my, my sense of community is having that couple people that you know that will take the time out of their day to answer your question. And I don't know these people personally. Mm -hmm. It's just through Instagram. Right. It's amazing to me. And, and this happens every time someone is out there needing help. Like they're just so willing to help. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it's like, like that across all genres. I would love to know that. I mean, these are romance writers, right? I just, it's, it's so humbling to know that somebody out there has your back. And they don't even know you, really. I mean, maybe they feel like they know you. Right. You know, that's part of,
1: you know, community building. I mean, you get to know some people just through simple interactions or posts even, you know, if you take the time to read people's, you know, posts and what they put out there. I mean, everybody seems to put out something personal. So you kind of get some sense. I mean, even when we're interviewing people and we, you know, kind of do a little bit of research I, I'm saying a little bit for you, maybe a little bit more for myself. But I like, know. <laughs> you know, when we get to, I, I definitely like to like, if when we're getting ready to have this interview, I definitely like to go and see like kind of some of the things they said before and like try to maybe ask them something different, something they haven't touched on, Make maybe get them to dig a little deeper. So like, right. you know, yeah, I feel a little bit more connected to them after we speak to them, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I was kind of blown away by how just just the overwhelming amount of like somebody puts out a new book and then like everybody's like you know reposting this thing putting it in their stories like i think that's amazing that doesn't happen
0: you know what i mean no i mean i don't know what other industry it would happen in because you know you're afraid of your competition you're not supporting your competition but time after time these people are like on it with the the shares and letting people post stuff in their reader groups right it's it's amazing and I hope that never changes it's like you know there's there's tons of readers out there and like my readers could be her readers and and so on and so forth and we're all sharing right you know it's like it's it's not cutthroat right I don't know if it is in the big leagues (laughs) like when you get to like real-time publishing Mm. but I'd like to think it's not right I mean
1: I I talked to you about this the other day, how, you know, I'm I'm watching TV and I found it quite interesting that there's, you know, a woman on there, her and her husband are getting ready to move. And she, you know, gave this whole moving story about, you know, her dad dying. And then a couple months later, his dad dying. And then they realized like, oh my God, life is so short. Like we always wanted to move to France. Why would we not do it now? Like this is the time. Right. And then then she goes on to say, like, he goes on to say, you know, oh, yeah, so I am I have to leave my, you know, expensive paying tech job to live off of her salary. And I'm like, okay, I can't wait to hear what she does. So <laughs> then I'm like, and then she says, so I'm a romance author. And I was like, what? And she's like, I get paid every four months. And it's it's, you know, up and down. Sometimes it's a little more than others. But, you know, we can live off of my salary. And then goes further to say, like, I've only put out 11 books in my career too. And I was like,
0: I mean, I want to be her, (laughs) right. I'm like, there's
1: some authors we, you know, we've spoken to that have put out, you know, 11 books and how, how quickly, you know, there's some people that put out like a book a month and we're talking about this lady who's probably been doing it for the last 10 years with 11 books. You know, I think that's amazing. So
0: I know it's possible. She just, she, she proved it. I'm, I'm like, this woman is so brave to go move a internationally right. <laughs> and to want to live off her salary of writing. Right. As I've told you before, I, I'm, I'd be honored and grateful to have the opportunity to write full time. I just don't know that I'm brave enough to not have a plan B, mm. like leave my day job to write full time. It's, right. it, it, it's a goal to strive for. But in the back of my mind, it's like, okay, that really sounds scary. I don't disagree. I think it's I'm, scary. I'm the, what, I like security. What's the alternative though? Cause most because most people don't I like, like what they
1: do in their day job.
0: Well, I agree. But I feel like on the back end of things, it's like, okay, but what if I get blocked? What if I can't write another word? Which I don't know if that ever really happens, but mm-hmm. it's like – you know, you're, you, you're committing to something or some publishing firm that you can write the next book. (laughs) And what if you can't, you know, I I just, I, I like to think of writing as like no pressure. mm. I can put pressure on myself, like to do a release quick like that. But like, I don't know if I want the pressure of saying, I need to write this or I'm not going to eat tomorrow <laughs> I mean that's a little dramatic but right.
1: no I understand you know. I mean even if even if you're talking about your mortgage next month like yeah if you only get paid every four months you definitely have to budget pretty well
0: right so it's
1: like <laughs> and and if it's not going to be the same amount every four months it's like it's even more of a you know of a budgeting you know scenario there so right I don't know I think obviously every author we speak to probably would love to do that too, you know? Well, that's why I like diversifying. If I'm, if I know I'm getting X amount over four months, for instance, I'm looking to do other things with it, not just pay bills with it in a sense. Like to me, there has to be some sort of investment or other modes of trying to make money besides that. Maybe even something that kind of stays within the same realm. Like we see, people who write books but also make covers or sell, right. you know, whatever it is they sell merchandise or, you know, whatever. I think those are all viable options if you if you're creative in that sense. So, I one one of the episodes specifically that I listened to, it was kind of t- like touching on the support of family. And I think mm-hmm. I was surprised in a sense of like how many people either have two separate lives or mm-hmm. their families were really supportive or they didn't have much support at all right were you kind of surprised to hear those things like i know your family supports you but it's a different sense cuz i i don't know like if if i put a book out tomorrow i don't know that my family's going to read the book i don't right. know if they even care I'm like oh that's cool
0: Next, you know, right. So, you like, you want my opinion, Mm -hmm. or like, I I want to know, yeah, give both. I mean, how were
1: you surprised by them, and what do you think for your own self? What that's like.
0: Well, I felt sad that you know, if you don't have your family support, because if you're brave enough to tell them that Mm. hey, this is what I'm doing, this is, you know, obviously. I, I think if people hear, oh, I'm writing a book, maybe they don't realize all that goes into that. True. Okay. So maybe they just don't understand the right. process. Um, like when I say I'm writing, okay, like does my family really understand what that means? I don't know if they do or they don't. To me, I get very in my head
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I'm like that, when I'm working on something. So – there's there's that level of support where they're like, OK, well, we'll talk later. We'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. But if people don't have that and they still have like expectations of family life and like people think writing a book is silly. Right. I mean, or that's a hobby. That's right. Or it's just a hobby. I mean, that's that's sad to me. But then those people that had like the greatest champions in their life, like, you know, their husbands, like letting them live their dreams. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my husband is, is amazing when it comes to that. He's always like, you know, this is what you want to do. So do it. Um, on the backside of that, there's guilt though. Mm-hmm. To taking time away from your family to do this. I mean, I know I, I have that. And we talked to a couple people that felt that way, mm-hmm. but it's, for me, it's when I, like I said before, I feel like it's a separate persona because when I'm working on something, I don't always want everybody to know what I'm working on. Mm. Okay. You know, it feels kind of like a split personality sometimes. So when I say I'm writing, it's like a kind of like, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm really got to get this done. Right. And I don't want to explain it to you kind of thing. Right. Right. I don't know it it's hard to explain I I I understand
1: completely like I I think because I'm watching you go through the process like I know I can get your book for free
0: but like Mm -hmm. I'm
1: still like no I still want to like physically at least buy the you know the the, I know the digital version I'm like because I know how much hard work went into it not just writing it but all the other things too on the side you know so I I kind of have like the front row seat so I'm more of like okay Many people are not going to be supportive in a sense of that, but like, Mm -hmm. let me do what I can.
0: Right. If I can help you you in any
1: any way, I'm going to do that. If I,
0: you know, you put out something, I'm going to buy it, like regardless. Right. And see, like, that's where I think my situation is a little differently because I have friends that don't even know about this. Mm -hmm. You know, they have no idea I'm living this life at all. They have no idea about this podcast. Right. And I think they would be shocked. (laughs) Um, but there's a reason why, because like, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed. It's purely a creative thing. It's like, I only let certain people in because I don't want the constant questions. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, well, how's this going? And how's that going? It's like, it's something that I do for myself. Right. So, you know, I'm asking for support from certain people and I have that. It's it's just balancing. So you're
1: okay with like not having like a ton of people in your corner, like right. you're good with just like the one or two or three that might be there.
0: Yes, okay. I mean my family, very few people in my family, like my extended family, know this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that you need that many champions right. pushing you through. I mean, you you have to do this for you.
1: Yeah, I think I'm. I think that way too. I mean, I'm okay with. The two people I have really in my corner, like, I, I I, think many of my family know now that I write and, you know, do different things, but they don't, like, they know, but they don't know. I never mm-hmm. tell them, like, what any stories are about or anything right. from a poem perspective. And, like, a funny thing is, like, if I write something in terms of, like, especially a poem and I put it out, I'm like, okay, let me see if somebody's going to say something or it's going to hit and it never does. So I'm like, cause I obviously I'm writing it in, in a more incognito sense where you can take it any way. It, it can be interpreted in any way, however you take it. But right. like, obviously I'm writing them a speci- about specific things, looking mm-hmm. to see if like anything hits with certain people and it never does. So it's just funny. Right.
0: If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Join us next time for part two of our special recap episode. Until next time.